Welcome to the Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the canceled television shows of the horror, science fiction, and fantasy genres. And we are your hosts. I am Mr. Seneca. And I am Dr. Chris. And you are now on the 101 episode of the podcast. And as a scheduling change for the podcast, I said to Mr. Seneca, what we're going to be doing is the last for five, nine episodes of uh, The Addams Family will be done in three weeks. Tonight we're going to be covering Ophelia's visit and Adams Cum Lada, or Cum Louder, in a 69. Get it? Because Mallrats jokes. Because we're doing Clerks and Kevin Smith's movies out. <laughs> okay, moving on. And uh, <laughs> Do you get that joke? Do you even know what I'm talking about? I do, I do. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Michael... Um, uh, God damn it! What's his name? Uh, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. So what you just heard was the introduction to the new Adams Family theme song uh, from the 1998 television show, and so I have a little bit of information for us about the comparison between the new Adams Family show and the original Adams Family show. There's quite a lot of crossover there. I'll get to it. Yeah, and then to uh, finish what I was saying uh, before I went into a tangent. Um, we're going to do one more episode, sorry, two more episodes with the rest of Disc 3, Side A, so in case you're following us, and then Disc 3, Side B, will end our coverage of The Addams Family. We'll do three episodes for the final episode, and then Mr. Zenek and I will be taking the week of Halloween off, because Yay. we basically gave everyone a Halloween gift with The Addams Family. Then when we come back in November, we will do short little cartoon called Clerks, which is funny because what did Kevin Smith just announce? Oh, the, the um, remake of the movie. No. No. <laughs> yes, that's happening right now. He's, he's touring Jay and Silent Bob Redo right now. But him and Jeff Anderson, who played Randall in Clerks, have kissed and made up. Their friendship has been repaired, and they are going full steam ahead with a Clerks 3. Awesome. Awesome. The reason why there was no Clerks 3 and they decided to do Jay and Silent Bob redo is not just because of his heart attack, but because Jeff Anderson, unfortunately, and him and, him and Jeff Anderson, who played Randall, and Kevin Smith, the director of Clerks, as well as, obviously, Silent Bob, had a big falling out. So um, Jeff Anderson kind of blames Kevin Smith for some stuff, I guess, and uh, they're going to be coming back. But uh, the reason I bring this up also is because we're going to cover Clerks, the animated series, where Randall is obviously one of the two main characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the four main characters, because there's also Jay and Silent Bob as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be doing some big, big Kevin Smith coverage coming up on the Dead TV podcast for the only uh, opportunity we're really going to have to do it, because until we ever get around to Reaper, because uh, Kevin Smith directed the first episode of Reaper, uh, we'll be doing some heavy, heavy Kevin Smith coverage in honor of Jay and Silent Bob redo which is now currently kind of all over the country right now because it's playing in and out of theaters everywhere. So, But the next episode of the Dead TV Podcast, there will be no Mr. Zeneca factoid thing. We will be reviewing for about five or ten minutes the Adams Family animated movie. The new movie, yes. The new so movie. 
Uh, it comes out at the time that we'll be posting this. It actually will be in theaters now, but the episode, but we haven't seen it yet, so we will be talking about this the following week. Focus area. The new Adams Family show had 65 episodes over one season between 1998 and 1999. Now, there is a lot of crossover between the new Adams Family and the original television show from the 60s. I'm going to go into a little bit more depth here, so stick with me. Out of the 65 episodes, there were 34 episodes with the same name and that were essentially similar plots, you know, pretty much taking the original scripts, rewriting them, doing a little bit of changes on them, and then putting them out for the new Adams Family. Another four episodes had episode name changes, but were essentially the same thing. The Adams Family Meets a Beatnik was transformed into Wednesday's Crush. The Adams Family Meets the Undercover Man was just called Undercover Man in the new show. Lurch and his harpsichord is now Lurch and his piano. And Morticia Meets Royalty is actually Things Romance. There were also five episodes with the same name, but had some really notable, notable differences. Adam's Family in Court. Instead of Mama being arrested for fortune-telling, Fester is, is being sued by the neighbors for bombing their house again. Crisis in the Adams Family. Instead of Fester applying for a job with the insurance company, Gomez decides to live less dangerously. Progress in the Adams Family. Instead of the Adamses figuring out how to move the house, they defend it. Uncle Fester's toupee. Instead of an old competitive male friend, Fester has to impress a female friend. Christmas with the Adams Family. Instead of just getting stuck in the chimney playing Santa, Fester gets stuck in the shopping mall. There was another 14 episodes with name changes having a similar theme, but also some notable differences. Mother Lurch Visits the Adams Family is now Lurch Man of Leisure. So instead of his mother, it's his girlfriend that visits. The Adams Family and the Spaceman. The new episode is called Close Encounters of the Adams Kind. And instead of being mistaken for aliens, the aliens really come. Cousin It and the Vocational Counselor. The new episode is Fester the Marriage Counselor. Instead of Gomez and Morticia trying to convince Cousin It to be a marriage counselor, Fester actually becomes one. Morticia the writer instead becomes Morticia the playwright. Instead of writing children's books, Morticia is writing a school play. Feud in the Adams Family. In the new one, it's called Adams Family Feud. Instead of a simple feud that starts with a social visit for tea, Hillbilly Cousins come and continue a longtime family feud. Uncle Fester Tycoon is now Fester the Tycoon. Instead of just having to be convinced that he must work to support a wife, Fester becomes a real tycoon due to his expertise in blowing up buildings. Morticia and Gomez versus Fester and Grandmama. The new episode is Fester and Granny versus Grandpapa Adams. Instead of just Fester and Granny spoiling the children, Grandpapa comes and spoils them even more. The Great Treasure Hunt is now called The Tale of Long John Adams. Instead of just following an ancestor's treasure map, the family tells the story of their pirate ancestors. Ophelia Finds Romance becomes Melancholia Finds Romance. Different lovers, but the same idea. Happy Birthday Grandma Frump becomes Grandpapa Adams. Instead of Grandma Frump, it is Grandpapa Adams who thinks he's being sent to the old folks' home. Ophelia Visits Morticia is now called Fester Joins the Global Mercenaries. Instead of Ophelia trying to get Fester to join the Peace Corps, 
Fester goes all out and joins the global mercenaries. Adams cum laude is now called Saving Private Adams. The Adams buy the school in both shows, but in the latter, it's actually a military school. Cat Adams is now called Cleopatra, Green of the Nile. Instead of Kitty Cat, the family's pet lion being sick, it is Cleopatra, their little shops of horrors plant, being sick. Ophelia's career is now called Catastrophia's career. Same career of opera singing, but different singers, same result. In the new Adams show, they also combined two of the old episodes into one. In the original show, it was Gomez the Politician and Gomez the People's Choice. In the new show, they combined both those plot points to create just the one called Gomez the People's Choice. In the new Adams Family show, they really only had seven episodes that were not based on, in part or in full, on the original Adams scripts. These episodes were Deadbeat Relatives, Horseplay, Granny the Happy Medium, Lights, Camera, Adams, Fester, World Leader, Keeping Up with the Joneses, and Death Visits the Adams Family. There were some differences from the original show to the new Adams Family show. Some of it expanded characters, some of it changed. They kept the idea that Fester was Gomez's brother from the movies. Grandmama Adams actually has a first name. Her name is Eudora Adams, and she is the mother of Gomez and Fester. Grandpapa Adams is actually played by John Aston, who played Gomez in the original show. He is the only actor that actually spans both of these series. Also in this show, Morticia and Ophelia's mother actually has her first name as well, Griselda, Griselda Frump, which is much different than it was in the original show, Hester. And of course, the show introduced a lot of cousins and characters and minor people that pop in and pop out of episodes, with many more actually brought up in passing. I have not been able to find the actual episodes for this series. It's extremely hard to find. When it was first on the air, I didn't particularly enjoy the show. I don't know. It just never really caught me. Honestly, I don't know whether any of the content within the new Adams Family is considered canon or not. Based on Dr. Chris's question last week about, you know, the comparison between the two, I, I just felt I had to do this. So anyway, back to the show. But on to the episode synopsis for us, Mr. Zeneca, with Ophelia returning again. Yes. Honestly, she's become like the snoochy character from The Simpsons that kind of like <laughs> seriously just overused already. Way overused, but go on with your episode synopsis. All right. Ophelia Visits Morticia, originally aired February 25th, 1966. Ophelia's upset that her latest beau, Montrose, has gone off to join the Peace Corps. His strong resemblance to Uncle Fester gives Fester the idea to join the Peace Corps as well. Ophelia is all excited that Fester, once in, can look for her Montrose. But can Fester pass the entrance exam? Yes. That is the, that is the episode synopsis, and uh, the answer to that question is probably not. <laughs> I am not a fan of this episode because this Ophelia character ran out of uh, steam pretty fast. It is a kind of a two-dimensional character. She doesn't have a lot of depth. You know, the main things that she's into is karate, judo, flowers, her daisies that grow out of her head, water. And the fact that she's played by the same actress who plays Morticia, Carolyn Jones. Well, yes, yes. So, I, um... She rather enjoyed playing Ophelia. Great. 
kind of rather enjoyed having her as a one-hit wonder for the marriage episode, but we, we for some reason had to drag this character out like multiple times in the, in the late part of the show. Again, this is like the desperation that shows do in order for ratings. This was mentioned on The Simpsons, if you remember. Like the jump the shark thing? No, bringing out a character that we don't necessarily need just for ratings' sake. Oh. They did this with the cousin on the Brady Bunch, too, remember? I was never really a Brady Bunch fan. Neither was I, but there's a god-awful reality TV series on right now about it. Anyway, so Ophelia visits and flips Gomez, and it's obviously not John Aston. Do we know who the stuntman is? No, unfortunately. They don't really listen. She wants, she wants to kill herself, too. Suicide awareness, always a thing, called Suicide Hotline if you have these problems. Not going to make a lot of jokes about it, but this episode kind of does. Is suicide still a joke in comedy sometimes? It can be, because late, the late, great George Carlin said everything is funny in context. That's true. That's true. And That's, in this episode, none of the suicide jokes are really serious. No. There is a difference between making suicide jokes based on somebody who has committed suicide or making suicide jokes that are done for gags and laughs. I mean, they always have cartoon characters looking like they're going to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. So... Um, the way the uh, the Giants are playing right now against the Patriots, they might want to kill themselves. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, I'm watching the game as I'm recording. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, Ophelia, you know, that name of that character, you know, did commit suicide. So it kind of goes along with the character. Right, right. Now, the flowers in her hair thing, mm-hmm. where, where did that come from? Is it because she's kind of a flower child? Is she kind of a hippie-looking character? You know, in all my readings, I have not found anywhere that someone said what was the inspiration for Ophelia. In Charles Adams's cartoons, there is a character in one of the cartoons that looks a lot like Ophelia. It's basically a, um, a hag witch and her daughter, and she's asking to take the broom out for the night. So she does have the daisies in her hair, and that is... As close as we can get to any sort of inspiration for Ophelia. So, honestly, I have no idea. You know, the flowers that grow out of her head is kind of a funny gag. You know, whenever she lifts one, she lifts up a foot. So, you know, the roots are very deep. Yeah. The um, Have you ever heard of the YouTube channel CinemaSins? Yes. Okay, they just did the Addams Family 1992 movie. Oh, really? I've got to see that one. Okay, yeah, and in it, he gives them many sins for their, like, are they supernatural? Can they kill themselves and then just come back? I mean, Wednesday's given a much bigger weapon to kill her brother with. That's okay, you know? Oh, yes, yes. They point out the inconsistencies that really bothered people about that movie. Well, that, uh, that is the Adams Family. It is implied humor with or implied violence without actually okay. showing it. Okay, let me see. Uh, so Uncle Fester gets his hand stuck in a shell, and yeah. he's going to join the Peace Corps as well. These are some of the notes I, written, I wrote down. <laughs> yes, uh, because this is the sixth person that Ophelia has been with this year and who has separated from her. Uh, she's really broken up that Montrose is gone and that Montrose looked like he could have been Fester's twin. And when we do actually see Montrose at the end, it's like, yeah, you know, she must have a thing for Uncle Fester because, yeah, Montrose looks exactly like him. That was kind of a little weird, but. <laughs> a little bit. Um, Trish is drilling ice. Uh, Morticia is drilling an ice sculpture. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. They have weird rando things they have the Adams family do once in a while. Yeah, you know, the ice sculpture, I, I didn't think it was one, was one of her talents, but apparently it is. Uh, so she's trying to get the daisies on Ophelia's head uh, looking right. And so, yeah, she's taking a drill to the block of ice. What information do we have about the Peace Corps? The Peace Corps is a volunteer group run by the United States government, which I didn't know. I didn't realize that the Peace Corps was part of the United States government, honestly. Uh, its official mission is to provide social and economic development um, abroad through technical assistance. Now, I knew you can go abroad with the Peace Corps because I know the Peace Corps has gotten into some trouble sometimes. I also didn't know that it was founded by John F. Kennedy. Mm, yeah, and it was created back in 1961. I'm going to be 100% honest. I thought the Peace Corps was older. I didn't think it was Revolutionary War older or Civil War older, but I definitely thought it was at least in the late 1800s, not the middle of the 19th, not in the middle of the 20th century. Yeah, because when you think about it in context here, uh, Fester's talking about going into the Peace Corps, and the Peace Corps is a, a newly established uh, program. So uh, Fester going into the Peace Corps is, you know, I don't know. It would be like one of us trying to go into. Uh, I don't know, becoming an uh, an ICE official, you know, since that's a newly established government program. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If if ICE agents were volunteers. <laughs> Gomez then tries to kill himself, which is funny, because that's it, done for laughs. It, it is. It is. And, and it's kind of weird that both Gomez and Morticia, they're trying to cook up a plan so that Fester will voluntarily choose to not go into the Peace Corps. And they do this because Gomez hears on the telephone that uh, you know, there's no way that Fester was going to be accepted into the Peace Corps. And they just can't bring themselves to tell him. So they, they cook up this elaborate yeah, guilting Fester or appreciating Fester or making him feel important. So Gomez feigns that he's going to commit suicide and that he... Oh, he needs Fester's help to get out of this financial mess. It's kind of weird. Yeah, his, his Morticia goes about very dramatically and stacks up all of her paintings and puts kerosene on them to burn all of her paintings because she can't seem to find the creative juice to go on. And so she needs a new model, and so Fester just volunteers to be that new model. You said Fester. I think you meant Fester. <laughs> Fester, yes. Oh my God! The Giants have tied the Patriots. It's fourteen fourteen. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what is the world coming to? Um, yeah, you said fluster. <laughs> <laughs> Flustered, saying fester. Uh, yeah. You gonna also keep notes of? Um, I hope you kept all your notes, and uh, we can hopefully keep it under ten minutes to compare the Adams Family animated movie to all these episodes and uh, the inter the idiosyncrasies of the family and stuff. Oh, I have all my notes. So I've got two notepads full of notes. We'll we'll do that on a, a future episode. So Morticia is basically trying to get uh, Fester to pose for her. And uh, his pose is basically up in the sky on a rope looking like an angel with a bugle. And she just finishes her painting with a squirt of seltzer all over it. Must be a hugely abstract painting. But regardless of, of all of the dramatic things put in Fester's way, Fester actually falls for it. He decides not to go into the Peace Corps, but based on what the family wants and what Ophelia wants, you know, he keeps going back and forth on this until, you know, surprise, surprise, Montrose walks into the building. So Montrose comes back. She's 
Ophelia is just over the moon about it. Flips him with one of her judo uh, judo flips, and he says, "Ah, I miss that." Yeah, because you really have to love being flipped in order to to love Ophelia. She does it all of the time. So Fester's physical fitness center, he decides to open just to you know put all of his knowledge on the Peace Corps exercise regime to work, and uh, he got his first student, and that's Lurch. And me personally, to see Lurch. As tall as Ted Cassidy is in sweats, it's it's a very imposing, a very imposing figure. So Lurch is in training for the Peace Corps. I'm sure it will work out for him. Yeah, yeah. He has he has the body type that the Peace Corps would accept versus Fester or Montrose, which have the more barrel-chested, gut-like. Other than Cousin Philly, we didn't really have any uh, guest stars for this episode. Yeah, no. Uh, huh. Just just a. Uh, Ophelia, which is Carolyn Jones. Yeah, so and, interesting oh, episode. We, Usually there's like... Uh, we do see Montrose. He does do a, a, a George Cesar. He's in that for like maybe a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. But not like uh, the next episode where we have the return of uh, a uh, long-lasting a cast member, a character that has been around since the first episode. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with more of the Dead TV podcast here in just a moment just so I can watch the Patriots-Giants game. Afternoon, everybody. Ryan! How's that baby treating you, Mr. Daly? Like Thanos, snapping his fingers at my bank account. In that case, how about a beer on the house? Sure, got to give my mouth something to do between podcasts. Say, Ryan, I don't get how you have so much time for podcasting. Doesn't your wife want you spending time with the baby? Would you? (laughs) Truth is, I think she's a little worried about how much time I'm spending with the kid, ever since his first words were Dagobah system. (laughs) Now she wants me to go out and do something mature, something productive, and most of all, something lucrative that can support the family. So you're going to... Podcast about cheers, yeah. (laughs) That kid's not going to start college for 18 years. I got time. Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Network. And we're back on the Net TV podcast with Come Louder in a 69. I mean, <laughs> Adam's Come Louder. <laughs> Adam's Come Loud. Uh, originally aired. Come Loud, excuse me. <laughs> Originally aired March 4th, 1966, Sam Hilliard, former truant officer, now runs the private school where Wednesday and Pugsley are going to be enrolled. Hilliard breaks under the pressure of dealing with the Adams children, and Gomez buys the school. So this Yeah, is, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and this actor that plays Sam Hilliard, which we've seen in multiple episodes before, He's just precious. Like, in this episode, you could just see him cracking. <laughs> you know, the the school, it's alluded to in the beginning that the school has overdue bills to pay. And since the kids are having tr- difficulty in public school because they bring dynamite to school and they're animals and, you know, they're just, you know, themselves. They enroll Wednesday and Pugsley in private school. And the private school 
it's a uh, Mocking Ridge Hall or Mock Ridge Hall. And, yep. And that just reminded me of the Munsters because they live on um, Mockingbird Lane. Right, which, by the way, was the name of their ill-fated revival TV series starring um, uh, Jerry O'Connell mm. as Herman Munster. Yeah. Like, they were really trying to go balls-to-the-wall serious with it, and man, did it bomb big time. Mm. Do you remember that? I faintly remember it. You know, it, has... it, it, it was on for two episodes, and they canceled it. Oh. Um Speaking of people who were on for a couple episodes, Christina Ritchie was recently announced to be at the Rhode Island Comic Con. Ooh. I'm going to go profess my love to her, marriage and stuff. Just like, you know. Good luck. Um, Good luck with that. I'm going to be like, listen, you're in a BDSM. I saw Black Snake Mode. I'm in a BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all uh, the best of luck, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,. Should I tell her that I had the hots for her when I was 12 years old no. and she would say, no, 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 okay. Hey, hey, I was 12, she was 12. It's totally okay. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I think I own three movies that she's in. I think one of them is The Adams Family, but I think also I have that werewolf movie she made with Wes Craven. Mm. <laughs> you ever seen that, Cursed? I have not. It's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to be that one fan who brings it together and sign it, and she'd be like, hey, <laughs> this was pretty bad. You have this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but you're fantastic in it. I mean, honestly, the Jesse Eisenberg's in it. Michael Rosenbaum's in it. Um, uh, Pam, uh, what's her name who plays Ant-Man's ex-wife? You know, she's in a new Halloween. Okay. Yeah, she's in it, too. So. Nice. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I just want to mention, by the way, if you're listening to this, um, at the time that this is, should be up on the website, uh, I will be at the Rock and Shock Horror Convention, which is happening at the DCU Center in Palladium in Worcester right now, right right, right now. So if you're at the DCU Center, come see me if you know who I look like. Um, I will be there all three days, Rock and Shock, meeting Bruce Campbell and a bunch of other people. Awesome. Yes. So we have the return of our truancy officer who just can't get enough of the Adams family. Yeah, it's uh... – it's pretty funny. Um, Gomez asks him, do you remember our remarkable offspring? And Mr. Hilliard responds, Pugsley and Wednesday, names that haunt even my happiest hours. And Morticia says, dear Mr. Hilliard, what a lovely compliment. <laughs> I love that line. I love that line. <laughs> names that haunt. And and you can just see it in his eyes when he accepts the the money, the ten thousand dollars that they gave him to uh, to enroll the kids into school, which translates to over eighty thousand dollars in uh, today's money. You can see it in his eyes, like he accepts this money, and then he goes to his desk and puts his head down and slams his fists on his desk, like immediately regretted this decision immediately regretted it but you know they went to school the next day and all hell broke loose right yeah. it's a bit ridiculous so the, the kids were expelled on their first day the money returned and uh, it was said that the kids were a menace at any school and honestly they didn't understand what they did wrong you know they brought in their animals and uh, the octopus hugged the teacher and the gila monster you know crawled around and the teachers fainted one of the teachers rang the fire drill bell, and, you know, just chaos ensued. It, um, 
pretty normal for the kids, that's for sure. I love how they'll think that, like, you know, Festa's like, I'm going to be a teacher, and uh, I'm going to be in charge of dynamite training or something. And Gomez is like, yes, can't think of anyone else better for the job. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, Gomez, in order to just make Mr. Hilliard's life easy, I guess, uh, just decides to buy the school. Buy the school fire everyone except Mr. Hilliard, and then when Mr. Hilliard finally quits, uh, the women's committee, uh, all of the parents, signed a document saying that they will pull their kids out of school if they don't return Mr. Hilliard and the curriculum. So somehow in this shuffle between Gomez actually buying the school, renaming it Adams Hall, and then when Mr. Hilliard comes back on, he has somehow made the school financially solvent and independent, financially independent going into the future. So they set Mr. Hilliard up in the perfect position that they want him to be the headmaster. They want him to put the curriculum back. They want Fester to still be that dean of dynamite and explosives. But they say that Fester can't join up with the school for many years because he's working on a project which suits Mr. Hilliard just, just fine. So the school is just better off for having this slight bit of chaos in their life, really. A little bit. Yeah, and the, and the kids are back in public school. They decided to come back. Yeah, after the parents just spent all that money, but the Adams seem to like to spend money. Of course, you know, Hilliard sees the, the wads of bills that what's-his-name uh, Gomez is pulling out, and he's just like, sure! Yeah, yeah. You could, you could see the drool, like pooling in, in Mr. Hilliard's mouth, you know, looking at that wad of fat stacks that Gomez pulls out, and then once he accepts it, though, ah, that's that regret. Oh, he totally regrets it. That minute he gets the money, he's like, shit, I'm going to have to deal with this. <laughs> what did I put myself into, type of thing. Pretty much, but it was a typical, like, hijinks episode of the Adams Family, where they just don't know when to quit, but it's all in good fun. Whereas, like, sometimes it's just, like, the most ridiculous thing ever. But this one actually worked just because it's Hilliard, and Hilliard's been a character on again, off again for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he says uh, when Lurch brings Mr. Hilliard back to the house, you know, so that they could give him the opportunity to run the school again, uh, Mr. Hilliard says that he was kidnapped by that one-man goon squad, Lurch. <laughs> that, that was a good little nickname for him. One-man goon squad, yep. Yep. Who are some of the women in the scene? I'm sorry, what? Who are some of the mothers in the scene that they're um, protesting? We've got uh, we've got Pat Brown that played Mrs. Bennett and uh, Carol Bri- uh, Brian Carol Bryan, who plays the secret the secretary. We don't really get any cast for the rest of the mothers. I think. Cool. Did either one of these women do anything significant? I don't have my IMDb up, so. So Pat Brown. Last thing she was on is a TV series called Heartbeat, uh, went from 1992 to 2006, and she was an associate producer, actually. She did not have many more acting credits. This was, like, the only acting credit she has. The rest is a crew, producer, production assistant, associate, you know, many behind-the-scenes roles. Uh, the cool. Yeah, the uh, I guess the most prestigious one of those was Celebrity Playhouse in 1981. She was uh, on the production crew there. Then we've got the secretary, uh, Carol Bryan. Uh, the last thing she was in was the Dragnet 1966 TV movie. 
Dragnet 1967 as well. Um, she was in the Twilight Zone in 90 Years Without Slumbering. The, her career didn't start too far uh, before Adam's Family. The, the first thing she did was uh, par- uh, senior prom as a senior student and then an episode of Perry Mason in 1959. Not a long career, but uh, you know, a, a powerful career for that short stint between the uh, 50s and 60s. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that's all the notes I have for this episode of the Dead TV Podcast, episode 101, as we continue our journey into canceled television shows. Um, don't forget, we'll be back next week with the second to last episode of our coverage of The Addams Family. Finally. Good God. Mr. Zeneca will never be recommending another show ever again on this podcast. Hey, I, I have really been enjoying doing The Addams Family. So I know. I just I cannot, I cannot do two back-to-back 60 episodes. I know. I know. It was shows. a lot. It was a lot. And 60. Sorry. I'm sorry. Friday the 13th was 70 episodes. This was 60-something episodes. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I understand. <laughs> yeah, this this was a long, a long haul here, and I'm glad to be going back to our usual uh, every other week cadence. After it that. has nothing to do with the Adams family, but it's just the length of the series is a bit longer than I was anticipating for this podcast, unfortunately. So that's why, again, the next couple shows we're doing are probably going to be like 20 episodes apiece. So we can we can bang out a couple shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of them is going to be only two episodes with the other uh, four episodes having never broadcast. <laughs> yeah, true. That's Clerks, yes. Yeah, Clerks is probably the one show that has had the least number of episodes even broadcast because they animated six, but they only broadcast two before ABC was like, what the fuck are we playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we we bought the cartoon from the guy who did the Superman condom joke and uh, uh, pissed off at his girlfriend for sucking off 37 cocks. Yeah, yeah. You're 37 dicks? <laughs> Not a what? <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, um, you better be. You better be. Uh, what, what did she say to him next? Is something like, uh, "I'm gonna put half the whores in New Jersey out of business." All the dick I'm gonna suck. <laughs> 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 oh my god, we have to watch Clerks before we watch the Clerks animated series. Okay, all right. I will. Yeah, do that. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right. That's it for this episode. Go to the Dead TV podcast on Facebook. Email us at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Christy S-A-B and Elegantly Kinky. Don't forget to thank our sponsor, Wicked Chronic, for sponsoring us. Don't forget WCUW for being most of the time our recording studio. Um, we're doing this actually at home right now. And if you're at Rocket Shock, say hello to me. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.